0: Listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. Creative Pep Talk helps you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host Andy J Pizza. You can stay up to date with Creative Pep Talk and my creative work by following me on Instagram at Andy J Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. So we're doing this marketing series and actually I I mentioned before that maybe the marketing series was over. This is the actual last episode of the marketing series. I realized that I needed to talk about personal brand uh, and go in a deeper dive on that because it's so relevant and so important right now uh, to your creative career that I had to do one more episode. So this really is the last episode of our marketing series. So, okay. This is the personal brand episode, and actually, here's what I realized I've been doing with this marketing series, is uh, for me, I think that we're all aware that marketing can be incredibly gross, and it uh, can be a terrible uh, expedition if you let it be, and we've seen people do terribly gross things with marketing that um, are very inhumane. But as I dove into the world of sales and marketing, I realized that there were certain people, people like Seth Godin is a great example, that used marketing as a tool for personal development, a tool for being the best type of human that you can be. And I know how weird that sounds, but I really do think it's true. I think that there is a... uh, as Daniel Pink would say, to sell is human. And that, uh, you know, the best of the best humans that have pushed humanity forward throughout history were the people that could persuade their ideas and persuade the tribe and to inspire and uh, cast vision and, uh, and, and sell their ideas. And I think that one of the best ways of of doing that successfully and marketing at its best is uh, uh, someone who is fully self actualized, someone who is uh, deeply committed to to reaching their full potential and then uh, delivering the best of what they've got to their fellow humans. And so I know that it's like kind of ridiculous to think that marketing is a tool for uh, a lens in which you can turn into the best version of you. I know how ridiculous that sounds, but I actually think that if you do it right, it, it can work that way. So we did an episode on content marketing and we dug deep into content marketing. And if you use it right, it's a tool for figuring out how to make your most valuable creative work, work that really means something to somebody else. And then we talked about influencer marketing, which on the surface may, may make you want to gag, but we talked about it through the lens of collaboration and the loss of ego, where you let go of a little bit of yourself in sacrifice to come together with somebody else and make something bigger. And so again, it's like a method for being a better person in your work and then uh, personal brand can obviously be a way of dehumanizing you it can be a way of um, making yourself a caricature of yourself Uh, it can be a way of manipulating other people but for me personal brand has been a journey of self-actualization of becoming who I really am and figuring out it, by, by knowing that I needed to articulate to others who I am, I had to go on a journey of finding out who that person is. And so for me, again, this layer of marketing was actually uh, congruent and a part of becoming a better version of myself and in my own personal journey. And that's the lens that I want us to think about personal brand. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a journey of self-discovery so that you can communicate to others who you are. And here's why that is so incredibly important, uh, in the time that we find ourselves in the time since the internet and where so many of us are looking for the majority of the opportunities that we want online, personal brand has become non-negotiable, whether you like it or not. And, uh. Here's why I think that is. I think it's kind of like you work at, uh, it's like back when I would work at Subway. When I would work at Subway and I'd be work, going to school. <laughs> if you don't know, I worked at Subway when I was in college. That uh, It was like a, a kind of, it was right before the recession in England, but there were no jobs. I couldn't find a job. The only job I could get was the, a job at Subway that my brother, my older brother got me because he was working there. And I hated every second of it I absolutely hated it with every, everything in my being for a billion reasons that I'm not gonna go into. But when I worked at Subway, I would work the night shift because I would be going to college during the day. And here's what ends up happening. What ends up happening is that the day shift people end up working alongside the owners of the store and the managers of the store. And so all of their preferences get uh, elevated because the manager never sees you. So it almost doesn't matter if you do the same job or as good or better than the day shift people. The day shifts still get preference because they know the day shift people. And in order to build that kind of relationship where you get preferential treatment or you get promoted, you're going to have to go an extra mile. You're going to have to leave notes. You're going to have to on occasion come in during the day and, and, you know, or, or, or stop for coffee with one of the managers, but you're going to have to put in extra time and building that relationship so that they feel like they know you to end up getting a promotion or getting, you know, treated as well as the day staff do. And I actually think that this is where we are when we're going to be doing work online because the fact of the matter is people like to work with people that they feel like they know or they feel like they can trust and I think one of the things that one of the ways this uh, manifests is that the people that have a really good personal brand that have a that which to me the definition of that is being able to project themselves out into the world in such a way that other people feel like they know them and kind of have a sense of what makes them different, who they are, um, they're, you know, whether that, that's a person they're going to have something in common with, have affinity with. Um, that's kind of personal brand, your ability to make yourself known in a, in a bite-sized way uh, you know, with boundaries that uh, makes working with you easier and more attractive. And personal brand, the reason I am convinced that personal brand is maybe at the top of the list for your future creatively is because if you go look at uh, these online portfolio sites, you're going to find freakish talent that destroys the people that are top paid in the creative industries. You're going to see people that can run circles around the people uh, on the stages at conferences. And yet the people that are on stage at conferences, most of the time they are legit, really good. But they also have done a great job at developing their personal brand so that you feel like you know them. And because you feel like you know them, when a job comes up, that's the person you want to hire. Because you don't want to just go on, go take a risk because feeling like you know them builds trust. But some person in some random pocket of the world with no face and, and barely no name recognition but has really, really polished work, there's a level of suspicion in that an- anonymity. And I think so many creative people want to just be the technicians hiding in their little corner of the world, hiding in their room, making this killer creative work as, as this introverted person and completely divorce it from who they are as people. But that's never, ever been the way that business works. And so whether you like it or not, you owe it to, to your work to get yourself out there. And that is tricky. I always thought when I was uh, just starting out and you'd have guest speakers, you know, successful artists come in and talk to you about what it takes to make great work. And one of the things they would say is, you really need to put yourself in the work. And I was like, fantastic. I was like, that's the answer. I know it's right. I'm going to go do it. Problem is, Andy at age 20 didn't know who he was. They failed to mention that. Finding out who you are is an enormous task in the first place, let alone being able to inject that somehow into your work, which is another enormous task. And it's kind of like, for me, it's kind of like these personalities te- per- personality tests, whether that's Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, StrengthsFinder, uh, whatever, pick your flavor, whatever it is. And a lot of people have a lot of beef with these personality tests, and I get it. And here's what I think the number one flaw of the personality tests are, and it's the same flaw of putting yourself in the work, is that in order to answer a personality quiz accurately, you have to have what it says that it's giving you. You have to have a level of self-awareness to answer those questions accurately to get an accurate reading that brings self-awareness so it's a chicken and an egg situation where you have to know thyself to answer the questions to get the results to know thyself and that's why i'm a big fan of personality tests and and frameworks for understanding yourself but not because they give you answers but because they help you ask the right questions. And so today on the show, I'm not going to tell you who you are. I'm not going to tell you exactly what you need to do to have a successful personal brand, but I am going to give you four uh, topics and questions to ask yourself that will lead you to the right answers for you. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to explore four different areas of personal brand that you can do today or you can think about today or you can work on today that will help you level up your personal brand so that people can trust you and get to know you and want to work with you as a creative person. And uh, just to make it interesting, we're going to do it through the lens of big pizza chain slogans (laughs) there's no there's absolutely no reason for it other than I realized maybe I was hungry when I was planning this episode I don't know maybe I'm just obsessed with pizza I genuinely am but as I was coming up with this list of things that you need to think about uh, in your personal brand I saw a direct correlation between some of the top pizza chains slogans so that's what we're gonna do alright let's do it All right, so we've got four things to think about in order to elevate your personal brand. And here we go. The number one thing is we're going to start with Papa John's slogan, better. Is this a terrible idea? I feel like this, I don't know. I don't know what I, what I was thinking about making these pizza slogans this show, but I'm feeling hungry now. I haven't eaten lunch. Uh, now I'm thinking about Papa John's. Uh, I don't discriminate against pizzas. I will. I like cheap pizzas. I like the the five dollar pizzas. I like the fancy pizzas with truffle oil and goat cheese. I I like all the whole spectrum of pizzas. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're gonna start with the Papa John's slogan: Better ingredients, better pizza. And we're going to use that to talk about the ingredients that make you who you are. One of the things that helped me understand who I am was by looking at my raw DNA, meaning my mom and my dad. I've realized the further I go in this journey of uh, getting to know who I am and what I'm doing on this planet... Uh, the more I see that DNA playing a part almost as like a destiny, almost like there are things... When you think about uh, your parents as... uh, Let's talk about like when you're creating something new. Let's say you're writing a song. And let's say you want to take The Beatles and... I don't even friggin' know. I don't know why I went down this road. I don't have a good reference for this right now. Uh, Let's say you want to make a movie that is one part Stanley Kubrick, one part uh, Roald Dahl. That's kind of like what a lot of uh, Wes Anderson movies are, right? You think about taking these two influences and combining them together to create something totally new. It's called combinatorial creativity. It's a way of looking at creativity that says that all new things are just a combination of old things. And uh, when you see those two pieces come together, you can see where the where these ideas came from, and then also have an understanding and appreciation of the new thing. And you are not any different than that. You are literally just the combination of two sets of DNA. And the way that they link together creates this totally new version of you. So for me personally, one of the things I've realized on reflecting on this idea, better ingredients, better pizza, is that uh <laughs> it's taking on a whole other meaning because of calling myself Dr. Pizza, better ingredients, better Dr. Pizza. I'm thinking about these ingredients and thinking my dad. I I think a lot about literally what is my dad like that I, and what things do I have in common with him and what does that mean about me of who I am? Because one of the great things about looking at your parents is that you have a degree of separation that you can analyze and see from a different perspective. You can see their strengths and weaknesses. You know for for me, my mom, uh, in a lot of ways, you know, she doesn't listen to this podcast or she'll never know. She didn't even know what a podcast is. Uh, she, a lot of what she did was teach me a lot of my weaknesses that I wanted to avoid. Uh, And also a lot of my creativity and a lot of my personality comes from her. But here's what I realized in terms of uh, who I am. I realized that my dad is like a strategic business person and my mom is like a wacky creative person. And those two things combined make me the person that does creative pep talk. Makes me the person that wants to do creativity with a strategic lens. And though in in studying and thinking about the ways that I relate to my DNA on a base level tells me something about who I am so that I can articulate it online, articulate it in my brand, articulate it, inject it, and be honest and authentic about where I'm coming from. And so the first thing I think you got to think about is better ingredients, better pizza. One other layer there is uh, I think about on like a philosophical level that uh, this is a weird, maybe even uh, cosmic level. Uh, I think about how uh, maybe your parents are carrying uh, your destiny in their DNA and it, and it manifests in that some of your parents' kind of auxiliary dreams for their life aren't really their own dreams, but they're dreams that they're going to pass on to you. Because I see there's so much stuff that I've done in my life that my mom wished that she could have done. And it's almost like maybe her, her purpose wasn't to do those things, but to create an entity that could. So I think about that too, that layer of what are my parents' unlived dreams that I'm in a position to fulfill Uh, that maybe be be one step further than you'd like to go. But number one is better ingredients, better pizza. Know your DNA. Think about your DNA. Ask yourself questions about how that makes up who you are. uh, And and that gives you new knowledge about um, your personal brand. Number two, gather around the good stuff. This used to be Pizza Hut's slogan. I don't think it is that anymore. But This is being in tune with what you like, the good stuff. What do you think is the good stuff? Uh, Having a clear definition of this. This is something that I've done uh, a bunch of times, but I think that uh, it's, it's one of the core breakthroughs for me was trying to figure out uh, either through pin boards or Spotify playlists or just being observant about the things that really touch me. And the thing that happened from doing this that I think I've, I don't think I've ever talked about on the podcast is by uh, being an observer of my life and being an observer of what moves me, I've actually enhanced my awareness of when something is touching me and moving me, which tells me more about who I am. And and it's a, it's like a muscle that you work, and the better you get at observing, the better, uh, the the more and uh, the more dramatic even I get moved. So it's like a, here's an example of how that kind of works. In your dreams, it's like a known fact that if you pay attention to your dreams, the I know we were talking about like your aspirations in, in the previous point, but this time we're talking about actual sleeping dreams. If you write down your dreams upon waking, your subconscious will take note of that and and help you remember your dreams more often. Uh, it'll say, "Oh, you want to know this stuff? All right, I'll pu- I'll plug this into your conscious mind a little bit so it make and make it easier for you to remember it. In the same way, in my early 20s, when I had real no, no real sense of who I was and I didn't know what my work should be about, I didn't know how to write a biography that was in my voice, I didn't know how to be myself on social media uh, at any degree, and I started to collect things that meant something to me, collect things that uniquely moved me, not things that were just critically acclaimed and popular at the time, but things that had always touched me and moved me and started creating this catalog that I could then study and try to figure out who am I really, Uh, one of the things that happened was my sensitivity to those things out there that move me increased to where now the things that I engage with actually move me way more than they even used to. So now that list of things, like one of a good list, one of those things is the hero's journey. So the hero's journey is something that is innately me. Not everybody has this same obsession with it. But because I understand on more of a fundamental level from realizing that it moved me, you know, realizing that the Matrix moved me, Harry Potter moves me for some reason, this hero's journey, uh, the mythology with the hero's journey moves me, I studied it. I observed it, and now I'm even more moved by it. And the same goes for uh, all kinds of different things in my life, but that's one it's a muscle, this observant quality. And one of the things I encourage you to do is to gather around the good stuff. Gather up the things that move you on a visceral level, the things that made you cry, the things that made you laugh, the things that make you excited about creativity. Gather them in collections. And try to, you have to assume, you know, uh, nothing, uh, something can never come from nothing. So if something moves you, if something excites you, it's safe to, uh, it's safe to assume that there is a reason for it, even if you're not aware of it. And this point is diving deep into the clues of the stuff that you like, assuming that they're going to lead you to truths about yourself. And when you can understand those truths, you can command them. And it's one of these ideas that, Uh, we have to overcompensate as the night shift people, the people that are working online. We have to overcompensate for the people that, let's say that live in New York, that live like, that are in the same studio as someone who's gonna give you a job. We have to figure out, we have to be more in command of who we are in order to succeed so that we can be ourselves online through this impersonal medium. We have to make it personal and the only way you're going to do that is by having a command of who you are and one of the best clues is go look back even to your childhood. Uh, This is a great example of that for me. I realized from looking at my childhood that I was obsessed with the characters in storybooks and shows and everything that were like hiding their face. Like whether that was the, there was a creature on He-Man that had like eyes floating in darkness. I can't remember his name, but he's got like a wizard's hat and he floats. Loved that guy. And I noticed I loved all characters like that. And at first I just thought I liked that thing, but I think what I realized was it's indicative of my intuitive nature, my obsession with the unseen world, my obsession with quantum physics, you know, the higher dimensions, my obsession with spirituality and religions uh, that are trying to explain everything that's going on here that we can't see, the hidden side of life. The only reason I realized that about myself and, and injected that into my podcast, into my work, into my online persona was because of starting with these little clues of what I like. And the only way you're going to take that seriously if, is if you believe that there you don't just like what you like because of nothing and it just is what it is, but because it's indicative of something deeper within you and start unraveling those layers. So we go straight from Cosmic, spiritual, quantum physics, multiple layers to Pizza Hut. Gather around <laughs> the good stuff. Number three. Number three is pizza, pizza. Little Caesars strips away all of the pretense. That's their. This is their slogan, pizza, pizza. They're not messing around with gathering around the good stuff, better ingredients. Like, we're not going to... Pretend like you need all of this sales pitch when you already have a deep connection and obsession with the best food on the planet. Pizza, pizza. I just say it two times just to make it definitive. And so this point is about going, getting rid of the pretense, getting rid of who you wish you were and being who you actually are. I'm just kidding. That. <laughs> This I mean all of that maybe is sounds good to me. It sounds pretty good, but what I meant by pizza pizza is just getting to the point. And one thing that I think you've gotta to do today, and I and I would say don't expect for things to get very interesting with getting work online until you do this. Here it is. Get someone, a good photographer, to capture your true essence, to get a photo of you out there online that really feels like your best you, that that has some quality, either your smile, your playfulness, your, uh, your humor, your seriousness, whatever it is, whatever your best essence that relates to your work, the best you, get a good photograph of you and get it out there onto the web because... Um, people not being able to see you. Like I think for some reason we thought that, um, us introverts, which I'm an introvert, whether you believe it or not, I don't care whether you believe it. I know that I am deeply introverted. Um, whether I created this extroverted persona because of some brokenness in my childhood, quite possible, but, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm deeply introverted and there's a part of me that wants to go into a cave and make stuff all the time. And not really meet up with people and not really relate to people, but humans have always been a social animal, will always be a social animal, and the internet did not end that. Now, it t- maybe allowed you to get away with being less of a social animal but you got to do me a solid, and at the very least, you got to figure out a way that you can be comfortable putting yourself out there, putting your likeness out there, getting a photograph of, uh, of you. you. If you're investing in your creative career, it is worth spending a few hundred bucks or whatever it is to get a decent photographer that you know to get a, uh, a decent portrait of you that captures something about your personality and who you are and uh, doesn't feel hyper-staged, but really gives people a vibe of who you are as a person. I think it's non-negotiable. Pizza, pizza, make it happen. (laughs) All right, Uh, number four. This is our last one. You got 30 minutes. This is Domino's uh <laughs> Domino's i <laughs> I actually did a little research on this one their their slogan used to be, "You've got thirty minutes and they actually did some uh some surveys and some uh, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but they they did audience surveys and customer surveys about this phrase, You've got thirty minutes to get pizza from Domino's to your house or it's free. And actually the public perception when they go out there is saying that Domino's is encouraging reckless driving. And so they ended up getting rid of that whole whole policy and everything. Um, But it used to be, you've got 30 minutes. And uh, here's what I want to do with that slogan. Last week, I was at Creative Works Conference, and I did a new talk that I've never done before, and I hope that I get to do it more. If you're in charge of a conference or you're in charge of bringing people to speak, uh, I, I'd love to come talk about this because it was a, it was a talk that I hadn't ever planned uh, that, w- that is so deeply on my heart, and I would love to share it with more people, and it's really... I wanted to d- distill my story down to 30 minutes uh, and what my life has been about and what what uh, what I really care about. And it took me, I prepared for this talk longer than I'd ever prepared for a talk. And I've done, you know, quite a few talks and I usually, uh, I don't know if I'll always do this, but I always... Um, have tried to tailor my talks to a relevant thing for that particular audience. Uh, But this time around, because I knew I was trying to do more of a definitive talk about my story, I spent a, a lot of time working on it, brain dumping my story, uh, kind of thinking about the narrative structure and what are actually, you know, looking at story and story structure to kind of pull out what are the important things in a story that, that mold the character and, 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 and what is the story arc and how does that relate to where I've been. And I started to reflect on how I got where I am now and why I made the decisions I've made And this exercise of trying to communicate, uh, where I was when I was in my ordinary world, what were the, what was the supernatural call to adventure to this creative world? Who were my mentors on that journey? What were my struggles that I had to overcome? What is the deeper purpose of the life that I'm trying to live? What, what, what were my struggles as a child, uh, all of these questions and trying to figure out how to distill it into 30 minutes as a story, as a compelling narrative through the lens of, uh, uh, of this journey. And, you know, I had a blast giving that talk and kind of burying my heart and telling a lot of personal things about my childhood and, uh, and my relationship to my mom, which I've talked about on the podcast. But more than anything, trying to figure out how to distill my life into a good story and, and, and the core components was one of the most uh, helpful tools for self-actualization that I've ever had because I tried to see the greater narrative from when I was born to where I am now. And it allowed me to really observe and analyze and delete the clutter and figure out who am I really, what am I really about? And so I suggest to you to do a similar activity, even if you don't have a talk to give, although it will come in handy if you ever do have to tell your story, either in an interview or online uh, or in a talk, and look back at your life as a story and ask yourself some key questions. What was your life before the creative call to adventure, before you had this dream in your heart of what you wanted to do and what were the things that made you that person? What were the circumstances? What were the trials? What were the core memories that made you who you are as that person? Then what was it that sparked you on this journey? What was the call to adventure like? Who, was your, who, has, who have been your guides? And what does that say about who you are? And what did they teach you? And why did you see yourself in them? And then what is your dragon to slay? What dragons have you slayed? And when you understand that in a in a more narrative, concise way, you will be able to command it online, which is the thing we're going for, is being able to have such a uh, uh, a grasp of who you are that you can upload it onto the internet so that other people can feel your humanity and relate to you as a person. And I think that that exercise of distilling uh, who are the main characters in your story? What's the plot? Like, what's this all about? These are big, tough questions, and I don't have all the answers for you, but I think these questions will help you start on the road to find some of these answers of who Are you? One of the things that kind of breaks my heart is when I realized that by the time I was 20, 22, early 20s, trying to figure out who I am so I can inject it into my art and make authentic work. Uh, I look back at that person that I was when I was starting out in that and realizing that uh, I didn't have a clean slate about trying. I didn't have a um, that the thing that was stopping me most from really having a sense of who I was wasn't so much a lack of information or um, or uh, awareness but it was more that my mind and my heart were cluttered with everything that the people around me told me I was. And I think that it's a real kind of... I don't know if there's a better way for this to all happen because I think it's all good intentions, but I think by the time you become an adult... You have had every important person in your life put a burden on you of who you should be, who you're supposed to be, who they want you to be. You know, when you're born, you're given a name tag. You're given uh, this aspiration from your family. They give you a name and they name who you are from the get go. And it usually has a lot more to do with what they want for you. Than what you end up wanting for yourself, and then as you go along, you're given uh, trophies, and uh, these trophies, you know, whether you're good at basketball or whether you're on the mathletes, whether you're an athlete or a mathlete, you start gathering these trophies with your name on them and they start to be a piece of who you see yourself as. And then you go to work and they give you a title and they give you that desk nameplate and that's supposed to say something about who you are. And then if you're (laughs) unlucky enough or lucky enough, however you want to slice it, uh, to be born within a household of religion, whether that's atheism or atheism, it doesn't really matter. Whatever you're indoctrinated with by the people around you, it's like a literal, it's not literal, but it's almost like a literal cross on your back to burden you and and to carry. And it's supposed to say something about who you're supposed to be, who their aspirations for you are and all of these uh, name tags and trophies and, uh, you know, chains from your girlfriend with your names engraved on them or the tattoos you got and the, the desk plate, uh, desk name plates and the cross on your back and you're just, I look at Andy at 22 and I can just see a guy who is so burdened by who he was told he had to be and when he starts asking himself the question who am i really it takes him 5 years to 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 set down all of the things that he that were put on him and then he had to do so much pruning before he could even set himself to the task of growing something that he actually believed in and uh I think it's it's kind of tragic. And so you know we're talking about personal brand, which in in so many ways can be the cheapest uh, you know most surface level topic uh, can be obscured and and distorted into something super gross. But I hope that you take this episode as a chance to take an inventory of all the stuff that's been put on your back. And maybe some of it you're going to set down for a minute and put back on. Maybe they really are you. Maybe some of those things you were given actually are indicative of where you're going to go. But I hope you take it. I hope you take some of these activities as a chance to allow yourself a break Uh, and have some compassion on yourself and set down some of this stuff long enough to know whether you really want to be holding it or not or whether it's really indicative of who you are. Because uh, just like with a good pizza, sometimes less is more. You know, and I'm baking my own, my own pie. I get carried away sometimes. I'm putting every veggie that I've got in my fridge. I want to get the goat cheese. I want to get five different cheeses. Get the pe- peppers, the onions, the olives, the uh, the 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 pepperonis, the the bacon, ev- all the good stuff, right? Sometimes that compromises the integrity of the crust to where you go to eat it. You can't even enjoy it because it's all slipping off and the the crust is breaking under the weight of all of this burden. (laughs) I'm trying to... I want to so badly figure out a way to use a pizza metaphor that also is somehow deep. But it's I just can't pull it off. (laughs) But sometimes you just say, put a little... Basil on there, put a little goat cheese, maybe even, you know, get a little dirty with some pepperoni, simple yet beautiful, crispy crust. (laughs) And maybe it's time for you to be that. (laughs) Maybe it's time for you to be that kind of pizza. And so uh, I got a task for you. Here's what I want you to do if you're into, if you want to go put this stuff into action, take a minute, take an afternoon to think through some of the four things that we went over. You know, the better ingredients, who you are on a DNA level, that matters. That does mean something whether you like it or not. Some of it we want to run from, but it is what it is, and I think it's worth understanding who your parents were and how that relates to who you are on a fundamental level so that you have a command of uh, and an understanding of who that is gather around the good stuff, start observing things that move you, start collecting them, start understanding what that means about you. And then put some of that stuff that you like pizza, you like coffee, you like, uh, you like Moomin. I like Moomin. You might not know what that is. Uh, you like Charlie Brown. You like, I like quantum physics. I like spirituality. I want to inject that stuff. As I get a command and understand that it's part of my authentic story and who I really am, I want to start putting that in my work so that people get a sense of the type of person I am. The pizza pizza, basically just get a good photo of yourself so that people know what you look like and you got 30 minutes. What is the narrative? What's the plot? What does this character want out of life? Because if we don't know that we are not going to have a compelling story you don't have a compelling story, you don't have a compelling personal brand. So we got to know, what do you want out of this life? Take all of that stuff. And here's what I want you to do. This is the, where the rubber hits the road. Here's the task. If you're up for it, it's called hashtag CPT pizza portrait. And if you're, uh, if you're a filmmaker, if you're a YouTube star, if you're a musician, if you're an illustrator, if you're a designer, whatever it is, make a piece of work That's a self-portrait that reveals something about you that you've never revealed publicly. And I don't mean to do anything that you're not ready for. I don't mean to give away your deepest, darkest secrets, but all I'm saying, it can be something simple, but just something you've never considered making a part of your work, making a part of letting people in and letting people know who you are. It can be silly. It can be serious, But we need to have a sense of who you are if you're going to get where you want to go. And so CPT, pizza portrait, reveal something in a self-portrait that you haven't put in your work before. And that is what this episode is about. All right. That does it for our marketing series. I had tons of good feedback about this and uh, it was a really good time. I think that we're going to shift gears. The next series I think is going to go, you know, this has been a really tactical series where we're talking about kind of pragmatic, practical things. Uh, But I think the next series, we're going to go back and swing the pendulum back to talking about some... Uh, deeper issues that relate to your creative career. Maybe talk, I think we're thinking about, talking about uh, combating some of those big monsters that keep you from doing your best work. Fear, anxiety, uh, stuff of this nature. I think we're going to just take one at a time and slay these dragons. I'm thinking about that. I don't know if that's the way we're gonna go. I think like jealousy, that's another one. So the monsters that keep you, the dragons that we need to slay to get where we wanna get. We're gonna. I think that's where we're going next. Uh, if that sounds good to you, let me know cause I'm kind of, I'm, I'm making all the final decisions right now about what the next series is gonna look like. Uh, okay, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for all the love and support. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Nate Utesh, the brilliant, brilliant Nate Utesh and the band Metavari for all the other tunes. You can find their stuff on Spotify, Metavari, M-E-T-A-V-A-R-I. They've got new stuff dropping uh, this month or next month. I'll keep you uh, in tune with that super good stuff. He's cooking over there. Uh, thanks to him. Thanks to Alex Sugg for editing, editing this podcast so beautifully. Thanks to all of you guys for listening. Until further uh, notice, stay pepped up.